Hello, WZF Heat. Welcome back to your favorite source of entertainment news, recaps, and commentaries. This is David from Entertainment Rebooted, and I am joined by my co-host, this time by all of us together. I have Natalie. Woo! I have Matt. What? And I have Alec. Ha, 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 ha. And then, of course, me. And today... <laughs> we all have our signature sounds. I know. This is such a... It's a little Morse code. We had the right crew, you know? Yeah. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, episode six of The Mandalorian, season three, titled... Uh, what, gun, Guns for Hire, right? Guns for Hire. Guns, guns, guns it's guns funny, because last time you were like, I wonder what the title it's yeah. going to be next. And right when I saw it, I'm like, now now we're breaking from that that yeah. pattern there. We changed things up. Yeah, the Seinfeld pattern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have the apostate, the convert, the right. foundling. Just when we're starting child, to get the it. The sin, the blank, the blank. They and change it's like, it. Ugh, Just okay. as we're getting on board. And now we're completely off track. Now we're at... Guns for Hire, when the only other episode without the at the beginning was Minds of Mandalore. And I remember when we were all oh, excited yeah. about that one. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good thing, though. It shows that we're drifting off from the pattern that we're, we're set in with season three, and I think that is a good thing. Well, um, season two, all of the episodes start with the. That's true. Yeah. And then episode, or episode, season one, there's two that don't start with the. So... Mm. I wonder if the ones without Alec just the... binged like the entire series. I yeah, <laughs> and just in thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he he probably knows more than all of us right now. <laughs> sure. He's got he's got his memory up. That's why he's such a useful asset to this crew here. You know. That's right. Our I got master. best memory. Yeah. <laughs> our our lore master here. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, we we have this episode six guns for hire. Um. I think it's probably best if we just talk about quick as non spoiler spoiler e as we can. Just our quick you know thoughts about the episode in terms of its quality but also how fun it is um i think you know this episode was pretty fun uh for me personally i and i always say that for me personally but (laughs) truly for me personally this episode was pretty cool um you know as predicted it's another monster of the week you know episode begins and ends an episode long storyline is what i'm trying to say um and every every episode i think except like maybe one or two in this season of uh the, the mandalorian has been like this where it has a story that starts and a story that ends. Um, I do think this is one of the better ones of those those types of narrative, you know, structure for TV shows. Um, I like some of the surprise appearances from certain actors. Um, if you've been following the cast list since before The Mandalorian Season 3 uh, started, you know, airing, um, you may have recognized a few familiar actors, but I do think this episode still has uh, quite a bit of interesting surprises. And it was nice to see that um, in this episode, some, some familiar faces, uh, certainly. And then the action. Um, my favorite part of this, probably this season, actually, is towards the end of this episode. Um, just a really cool, you know, hand-to-hand brawl, I guess. I'm, not, I'm trying not to spoil too much here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. And seeing, you know, that in anything is awesome and with the highly trained individuals that we see encounter this you know with this fight like it's see i'm doing so good trying to not spoil this aren't i um doing awesome yeah i know yeah i'm not gonna talk i know it (laughs) it was good um but what do you guys think of this episode where where are we standing on this well as usual mando's always up to something so (laughs) from what i remember there's just a lot of like mystery so pretty much uh something's going havoc with certain machines and it is up to Man- Mando and the rest of the crew to find out who's behind the scheme. And they eventually bust whoever's behind it. But 
revealing it would be a spoiler indeed. Right. So <laughs> it's probably as far as we'll go. But again, I like the action. I, I like the way that every episode is always different from another. It draws the story the way that it should, and there's always something new that leaves audiences wanting more. That's so. a perfect summary of this episode, honestly. <laughs> um, what do you think, Matt? What do you think of this episode? What are your thoughts? You know, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, yeah. Like, I do, I do like that they have, they have a lot of action in it, and of course, it doesn't have the word thought in it, so I am disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and also, like, it's sometimes it throws me off, because there's always, like, a new creature every every 10 minutes. So, I was like, what is right. that? What is that? What is that? How am I going to gonna follow so it's gonna like take me like i have to replay play a specific part just to, like understand like e- each plot i really hate to to do this to you david yeah, it's a bad episode <laughs> in your book isn't it i wouldn't say it's bad it's it was enjoyable while i was watching it when i went down to analyze it it was not one of my favorites and here is why so celebrity cameos it's always fun but I will say it kind of took me out of it with, I can see that. with who they yeah. were. Like, we'll get more into that later about who they were because I don't know if ha- that's technically a spoiler. I mean, you could look at the cast list, but I'll, I'll just not say it just to be safe. But when the doors opened and they were revealed, I was like, oh, is that blank and blank? <laughs> <laughs> and I was immediately sucked out of Star Wars. I didn't feel like I was watching The Mandalorian anymore. I was like, oh, those are those you know, that actor and, you know, singer person that, you know, are very, very popular, which I'm kind of torn on that because I don't want to argue that you are too famous to act in roles. Mm. I think that that would be a very disappointing, unfortunate reality for it. So I'm not quite sure, you know, how to fix that problem. I don't know if it's maybe because the characters, due to how small a role they played, weren't really developed that much, which that is kind of the point of a cameo in the first place. And, you know, I don't really want to be too harsh on it because one of the one of the celebrity cameos that we had, this role meant a lot to this person. I saw on Instagram that they put this whole, like, very sweet, story about how they would watch star wars all the time with their dad and how it was meant a lot to them and they burst into tears when favreau called them and offered them the role and it was really sweet and i hold nothing against that but in terms of watching you know a story and being immersed in the story it was a bit distracting and so i didn't really see them as characters in the star wars universe i just saw them as who they actually are so I don't know how to fix that. I, and I wouldn't say that that is what, you know, really was the my biggest gripe about the episode. Because it was not. You know, if everything else would have been flawless, I could have, you know, moved past it. I think that they did pretty good jobs. I have nothing major against that. It was just that one little thing. I thought that this episode was actually really low stake. Yeah. Especially compared to where episode five left us off. I was, you know, really, we were talking about it last time. We we're just like, oh, the, the action's finally, like, ramping up, and it's going to get better. And then with this one, it was another monster of the week, like you said. And it wasn't even, like, so Bo is supposed to be finding these Mandalorians. And we'll get into this more later, but they have, like, a very small percent of the episode that they're actually in. Most of it is just this hunt for, you know, whatever's going wrong. 
on their little side quest. So they have another side quest. So, you know, not only have we had this whole season where it didn't feel like the plot of, you know, uniting Mandalore has been progressed that much. Not that it hasn't been, but for the majority of it, it was these episode of the week kind of things. There hasn't been that much growth in terms of that. To have that yet again in the sixth out of eighth episode was kind of a little disappointing, especially since I did think it was going to start picking up at the end of episode five with, you know, the reveal. Can I reveal that? Because, I mean, I'm assuming you've watched our episode five breakdown if you've watched Let's go for it, this yeah. one. Okay. Spoilers. If you haven't watched it, do it now. Moff Gideon escaped. And there's potentially an evil Mando out and about in the galaxy. And so I was like, ooh, this is really cool. This is really tense situation. And then it just, it just went back completely down with low tension. And even the fight at the end, like, it wasn't that it was not fun to watch, but it kind of felt a little anticlimactic at times. And I'll get more into that when we talk about it, because I don't want to say too much and ruin that for the non-spoiler section but all in all i really hope the next two episodes are a lot better i think um as a whole this episode compared to its place in the season certainly is is probably bad maybe i I wouldn't have hated it not that i hated it maybe i would have been more okay with it earlier on in season right yeah i think for what it is i enjoy it but you mentioning how (laughs) we are expect i mean we are run out of time you know mm-hmm. um yeah thinking about it as a whole and its place in the season this this story probably doesn't belong um i really hate talking because i always do this to you <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think i don't know it's hard for me to hate it to be honest yeah. with you i think the cameos do take you out of it but for me it didn't it didn't um I wouldn't say it didn't hurt my immersion or anything like that. It certainly did, but it was funny enough and fun enough mm-hmm. for me to be like, "Oh, I want the I want to see them back on screen again." You know, all the Grogu stuff was amazing. Like, yeah, I still love great it, Grogu content. You I know? was just meaning, like, in that moment, I was like, "Yeah, oh, this like, isn't Star oh, Wars." <laughs> yeah, this is this is you know, um, I think it's time. Yeah, I think it's time. So. Spoiler warning for everybody listening. Um, I watched the episode, you know, if just to get context for the next last two. Um, episode seven is currently out right now, and episode eight airs in about three days of this conversation, which is the nineteenth of April, right? So is that what today yes, is? Yep, April nineteenth. Um, so go check that out. Jo- go check this episode out, um, just for context, really. If you don't think our, uh, if you don't like our thoughts, you know, if it's if it's. Why wouldn't they like our thoughts? I know. Well, our like, thoughts are always right. Right. Yeah, would, of course. To like about them? But like, <laughs> if you think uh, we're being too critical, maybe you should just see it and you know get the context. But or just mute your recording yeah, whenever yeah. I start talking. But <laughs> I feel like that's enough time for them to click off and resume back later when we you know when they do watch the episode. This mm-hmm. is our spoiler warning. So let's just kick it off and start. The celebrity cameos <laughs> are blank, blank, and blank. There are three this episode. Um, we have Christopher Lloyd, who played the crazy scientist in Back <laughs> to the Future. Um, he's like this. Played head another of, crazy scientist in this that's one. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, he is like the head of security in this planet. This planet is ruled by uh, democratically elected leaders, but also royals, like king and queen. It's and Jack Black and Lizzo, guys. It's Jack Black and Lizzo. <laughs> and they are lovers in this timeline, in this universe. Um, really charming to see them interact, especially Jack Black, with 
um, his new, I mean, he's kind of in the mainstream again, you know, with the Mario movie that came out and he plays Bowser. Excellent movie, by the way. I haven't seen it, but I saw the Peaches song that everybody's talking about (laughs) now. And I was like, oh, yeah, like that's what weird timing, you know. Um, So those are our celebrity cameos. I I think my favorite is probably Christopher Lloyd. Um, I don't I can't remember his name. It's like Commander Hellgate, I believe. Um, he took me out of it the least. Yeah, so he, I think that he merged the best. He he definitely belongs in this story, and I think the his performance as, uh, I mean this this trustworthy, but also like oh he's got a dark side to him, um, is I really interesting. I wouldn't say he's that trustworthy. He definitely well, <laughs> anybody, I mean he's anybody supposed, with a dark side isn't trustworthy, right? He's supposed to come off yeah. trustworthy. <laughs> Remember the New Republic? Yeah. They're um, not trustworthy either. Not at all. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't find this planet very trustworthy either. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm surprised sketchy. that it wasn't evil. Mm-hmm. I was totally expecting it to be evil. I, I remember um, they, they go on this train ride at some point, and <laughs> then it's like, oh, man, this is, like, sketchy. Um, so this episode begins with a total, like, non sequitur in – in my opinion, at least. No, it um, definitely, it doesn't come back yeah, at all. It could have been cut from the whole thing. It is this, I don't even have like good words to describe it, honestly. Um, we have this kind of weird love story thing. It sets up um, Bo-Katan's uh, previous Mandalorian like uh, followers, her following that left her. Uh, they're now mercenaries. So they're kind of just doing contracts hired to them. Um, we knew this already, though, right? Yeah, I we think didn't so. need I we so. didn't need the sequence to tell us this. Yeah, and so like they basically return like uh, an escapee from like some kind of palace. He's some kind of royalty. It's like a random alien. Um, it's like Akbar's yeah, people, right? right? Yeah, and then there's another one. I can't remember the race, but it's, it looks like yeah, a square. I don't know. Um, they're both they're, fish people. Yeah, yeah. They're lovers or whatever, and the mercenaries are trying to like bring them back to where they belong. And then the scene ends, and it's it's nice to see like any kind of love story content in a Star Wars storyline, but it definitely felt really out of place. I don't know. She random. calls it a childish fling she at one did. point, so I'm like, but he then, still loves her after that? Yeah, but they, they say their goodbyes, and but she did say that that's not what she meant, which I thought was interesting. What was did like, she what mean, What did though? you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you mean by saying that what other we, than what it means? I think we're pretty clear on our standing on this point. What do you, what do you guys think about this, this intro to this episode? Um, do you guys think it had any place at all? Do you think it could have been shorter? You know, or just Only because the episode is called Guns for Hire, and most of it had nothing to do with Guns for Hire. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that the title of the episode really fit what the episode was. But in terms of, like, that was one of the only two scenes with the actual Guns for Hire in it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I think the whole concept of the title, though, was that uh, Jack Black and who was the other girl? Lizzo. Lizzo. Lizzo? Okay. I, I'm only familiar with Jack Black. Um, <laughs> well, Jack Black is my favorite celebrity out, out of the three that performed. Um, but anyway, I think the reason why they called it Guns for Hire is because they made that boldly clear at the very beginning of the very first scene in the intro. Mm-hmm. And then I think Guns for Hire, because on the planet that they were on, they were looking for people to track down the bad guy. That was And usually true. they have bounty hunters, which are equipped with mm-hmm. blasters and guns and things like that. So guns for hire. They're I did hiring not consider to, that. that you know, is so true. that when I went into it, that's what I thought. And, mm-hmm. I, and I guess I know we were all kind of like, you know, because we know some of these celebrities that drew us out of it. What I try to do is kind of like enjoy like Jack Black trying to be all these different characters. Like if, if you have that celebrity you follow with every time and you have that uh, back and forth idea between them as a person and what their character is, you know, 
the ones who do it well will convince you that that's not the person you're watching, that it's the character you're watching. And that, that often has its controversies as well, but you can think of it that as well, because maybe that's the direct, what the director was thinking, or it could have been a cameo. But I try to enjoy their characters rather than who they were, just to see, well, how well do they really fit into the story? You know, do their personalities fit with the scene? Things like that. So it, it, it really depends on what you draw yourself to. I can agree. I think if they, I mean, if you had to pick a cameo, if it had to be a cameo for these three roles, I do think, I mean, maybe someone else will jump to me in an hour from now, but I think they definitely picked the right people for it, you know? I mean, maybe replace Jack Black with somebody else, some, <laughs> some other eccentric character, or Lizzo. Um, I do think Christopher Lloyd is the standout in this episode. We do get to see, I mean, some interesting developments, and I'll get to that in, as, as we get there. Um, this episode begins with this really weird storyline and then cuts um and then our trio visits the planet that our cameos are housed in you know uh, it starts with a p i can't remember uh i think i wrote it down somewhere plazier 19 yeah yeah um this planet is kind of sketchy as i mentioned before it's just you walk in and it's very like welcoming but it's almost like there's a security camera like watching every move you know direct democracy hijacks people's ships question mark yeah. is what i wrote yeah it's it's and then kidnaps they hijack them. the ship um and self-defense permission has to be granted right yeah and, they and leaving request. the vehicle is not a request right yeah 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 <laughs> and the train ride that they go to to visit the government that's jack black and and lizzo uh that happens where the, there's like an ai voice that tells them you know because they're trying to leave and they say, like, this is not a request. You know, you have to, you can't leave. And I was like, okay. Um, it's way too imperial for a direct democracy, right. in my opinion. You know what's interesting? What? The head of security. Okay, spoiler. Not really. I mean, we're already in spoilers. We're in like, spoilers. Here we are. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd's character is a bad guy in this storyline. And he is the head of security in this planet. Maybe it's him that did all that, that like installed all these like weird measures because Jack Black and Lizzo, the way they come off. Um, yeah, they don't sound, they don't seem very. Right. Even. And like the only one I could predict would be Jack Black because he, in this timeline, in this universe, he is a part of the, uh, what's amnesty it? Amnesty program. Yep, the Imperial Amnesty Program. Um, and because of this, this actually creates a few conflicts within this episode because the Monster of the Week storyline that I always keep talking about, um, the droids that they have working for them um, and doing like all their, you know, their labor really, um, are malfunctioning, and some of them are going rogue. And like, you know, it start. I guess how they phrased it was that it starts off. They're like, what's it like a, a like they call it like a stack or something. There's some weird like techno babble um, in this episode, and so anyway, like there's like lots of faulty things going on. Them dropping things, and um, you know, there's one that like operates a bunch of knives at the same time, and the knives start like flying around. Um, just generally not good stuff. These droids um, are all kinds of different droids. Almost all of them are recognizable. Um, we have some battle droids, some super battle droids, you know, the ones from the um, original prequel trilogy, which is really cool to see. Um, and then we also see the, I mean, we see the Jack Black and Lizzo stuff going on um, when they leave this train. And that leads to a conversation because since they don't have, like, the militia or, like, firepower to deal with these rogue droids, Because self-defense has to be granted right. in this world. In this so world. nobody has any weapons. 
it's kind of ridiculous to be honest but like nobody not they don't even have like a law enforcement or militia or anybody who is allowed to have nobody nobody has it and i think it's because of jack black's characters i don't know his name and i never will but his past as an imperial bombardier it's like the, or something yeah yeah <laughs> it's like the rule of the am- amnesty program mm-hmm. that he can't be armed or and he mm-hmm. can't have an army as well or yeah. any kind of militaristic force i mean it makes sense like and i like the ideal of like nobody needs it Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think it's clear that that is not sustainable 100 not at least not in this world you you can't do it it's not working so much so that they have to bring in people that do get to have weapons to (laughs) save them i think that Amnesty program is probably the most interesting thing from season three of The Mandalorian. I wonder what you guys think about it, though, because for me, I think it's always interesting to add extra lore bits and answer questions, you know, because we saw that uh, we we had that question. It was like, what happened to the guys after the Emperor Mm -hmm. died, you know, Um, and the Death Star blew up. So, like, what happens to that? other you know it's interesting i just hate the new republic yeah the new republic (laughs) has definitely got the short end of the stick in this this tv show i hate the sequels and i'm almost asking for the first order at this point (laughs) (laughs) well what do you guys think about the amnesty program as a whole i think it was i mean unless it's in some extended material i think this is the first time it's been introduced i really i do think the amnesty program and the new republic they both like resemble like modern society today the way it's kind of structured would you guys agree you mean that there's no structure well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys going to take that uh, a bad way? But you guys like frozen like. <laughs> I think it but certainly like reflects aspects of, you know, our world where we do have like forgiveness programs and stuff like that. But um, I don't know if it says enough to me to be like, a, I don't know, one to one or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I love it though. Mm-hmm. Truly. I love the concept. And I remember like, a feeling in my brain, like some some electric charge just went off in my brain for how interesting it was when I first got revealed in, I think, episode three. I was like, oh, man. Hey, that's what happened is... to Pershings. Yes, that is. Yeah, the mind flare. Yeah. Um, I got flayed, you know, personally. I think that's, huh. yeah, that's what happened. I watched someone else get the mind flare. Yeah. You got it yourself. I did. Um, that's real immersion right there. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, real engagement with the content. Exactly, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. I am an avid watcher of this series yeah yeah this um, is why he's hosting to <laughs> this dedicated um but we see you know things like that happening and uh, the amnesty program and that's really cool um to bring back these droids by the way super fun super cool the prequel movies have a lot of very iconic imagery and the droids in general i mean you know it's pretty hard to top that in terms of prequel exclusive uh, imagery with, I mean, I think we were missing a droidica. Maybe there was like a droidica scrap piece or something I missed or something. Um, the roly polies, as my brother would call it. They even had the <laughs> nano droids that were in Clone Wars. They do, yeah. Um, tons of, I mean, I think, you know, at some point later on the episode, there's like some C3PO uh, units. I don't oh, know yeah. No, there, there are at least two sets of 3PO and R2 yeah, and wannabes R2's. in here. And they're there's all like different paint jobs and stuff. Which yeah. is cool. Um, but anyway, the trio, though, well, I'm including trio because Grogu's here, of course, <laughs> and uh, Lizzo's character loves Grogu. Um, they need their help because they're the only ones armed, and they need to fix this droid problem. So, um, basically, they go and they speak with the head of security, Christopher Lloyd's character, 
for a security in quotes. Yeah, yeah. Because there is none. He is absolutely horrendous at his job or great. That was a method for them to keep world peace. Like where it's like they don't want any like. if it they is, they don't want anybody with the weapons because they don't want any trouble yeah. to happen. If it so is, it it's not working. They have in place. It's like the opposite of mutually yeah. assured destruction. No, it's I'm like I'm sure that that's what they were going for. It didn't work. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't, it just it it doesn't work honestly. Yeah. But um, especially when your head of security guy is evil and, yeah, and making yeah. the droids attack people, you need at least some ability to defend yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. If they completely obliterate that, then everybody is in risk of something. The uh, head of security, though, reveals some interesting information that definitely won't come up later in the episode mm-hmm. of some kind of fail-safe button that... It's a big red yeah, button, big red guys. button. And I think he originally tells them it's like a deactivation uh, switch, basically, like a kill switch for all the droids. And Which they're all too u- lazy to do right. because all the people don't like working and they want to have the droids. So it's like, did you see Wally? That's Yes, that's <laughs> dude, so the Wally vibes in this episode. We were just missing like the floating chairs. Yes. Um, yeah, and then if you're gonna like be Wally lazy, you might as well go all the way and have floaty chairs. Yeah. What if they have a Wally cameo? Like, what if there's a <laughs> that's exactly like you know, Wally? You know, Maybe I wouldn't care. And they if rip it's... it off, you know. That would be. I wouldn't care insane. at this point. That'd be that's insane. a Disney property, right? Is that? Well, yeah. I mean, Wally is Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they could have done it. Maybe, maybe in a recap, or not a recap, a uh, yeah, an analysis. Um, you know, all the other Axiom robots too. They all should have yeah. been there. <laughs> all of them. Um, the where was I thinking? Well, I, I had a thought somewhere and it disappeared. Um, anyway, they speak with this uh, very, very, very trustworthy head of security, and he reveals about this this button. And well, why don't you press it? You know, we can solve all this problem. Well, since as Natalie mentioned, the planet uh, the planet's people voted um, to not do it and not interfere with like any droid matters because. They claim, the people claim in this very amazing democracy, that uh, there is, it would do more harm than good because uh, they need the droids to survive, their labor to survive. Much like the Mandalorians were content to live on a beach that yes. was frequented by giant monsters to the point that multiple foundlings have been endangered. These people are content to live in a potentially rogue droid society where they could just be going about their business and get attacked by a random droid. And it doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. I don't know. It's <laughs> like, why, why is this a thing? Like, can you not deactivate them? Like, do a reboot and then reactivate them? And they're not even a member of, like, the new Republic, so they can't, like, request any kind of, you know, because like, they could do is, like, okay, hit the red button and they get a whole new staff mm-hmm. of droids and it doesn't happen now of course they can't actually do this because the droids actually aren't malfunctioning they are being they are being told to do this which we will get to later yeah after this very intense chase scene between a rogue uh droid and din and Bo, i don't think rogue participated fortunately he was with lizzo like the whole episode yeah yeah this actually reminded me a lot the sequence of the chase sequence in attack of the clones which i thought was pretty yeah yeah I got really big, like, Blade Runner vibes from it, too. I thought the... Because this planet has kind of, like, an underground sort of area. It's very, like, natural and nice-looking on the surface, but it does give that episode, two like, bartender kind of vibes with lots of neon colors and mm-hmm. um, just cool imagery in general. Definitely mm-hmm. an amazing set. Um, they, they... They 
destroy, absolutely destroy this uh, battle droid as Din dies through a window and tackles him. And, I mean, that droid's like, I don't know how many, you know, tons of steel, but certainly one, at least 2,000 pounds. I'm, I'm sure, like, if that was made in real life, you know, for what that firepower contains. Um, he absolutely melts this thing in the most amazing football tackle play I've ever seen in, in live-action media. Um, and Bo eventually shoots the uh, droid, and they pull up some... It's, it's some techno babble that they use, the classic Star Wars, you know, power converters kind of line where we just talk about random technolo- technological things that make no sense, really. Um, and they mention... Uh, I, I have it written down here somewhere... But it's it's like a spark something. It's like a. It's like a little chip that they have. That's like a identify identification of what droid bar they went to. Yeah, and it, it supposedly like it it has an address on it, and so they go to this address, which is this droid bar, um, and all these droids are really worried about being replaced. Um, Funny, it usually goes the other way around. It usually <laughs> does, yeah, and. Um, some of them, they, they make the bartender makes a quick note. The bartender kind of leads this whole group um, in this little hideout. Uh, makes a cool note that some of these droids are from like the era of the Separatists. They're like first units, you know, which I thought was really cool. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Any Separatists mention um, in Star Wars is cool because they we also name drop the Techno Union too. The the what? The Techno Union. No idea what that is. My brain's oh, blanking dude. on that. <laughs> It was, I think man. it was in the Clone Wars, so that might be why you... It's been a while. They were, like, I yeah. think an ally of the Separatists. They worked together. It had, like, the... I forget his name. I'm blanking on the name, but he had, like, the, the green flat head with the I big, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an alien. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was with the Techno Union. See, I totally just... Okay, forget the I said that. <laughs> the Ugnaughts is what they're called. And yeah. they have a, a policy to where if you insult their work, it's offensive to them. Oh, no, we're talking oh, about... We're talking about... A different thing. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, okay. The Ugnots never mind, do. Never mind. The yeah. Ugnots do show up though, which yes. is really cool. Yeah, there, there's that scene too. Yeah. I have spoken. They originally go down. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I have spoken. And, and they then, all say that. I thought it was just that what yeah. that one Ugnot at, on season one that said that. We but actually, apparently, every Ugnot knows that one. Yeah. Because Mando, he's bringing the connections. Like they're both trying to talk to him, and they're not listening. And he's just like, he bring he name drops his friend Ugnot. Forget his name. Blanking. Sorry. Yeah. And. Then, you know, immediately they all, like, snap to attention and they listen and they are actually helpful then. I thought that was really cool, by the way. Just any, like, that's <laughs> such a weird little quirk of that race. But I thought it was, I mean, it was cool. It was cool to see them back. It was funny that when, because we get, like, a headshot reveal of the Ugnot uh, race in, like, the beginning of the scene. And I thought it was that original Ugnot from season one back for some mm-hmm. reason. Because I was like, I've never seen this, you know, only in season one. Um, that was a funny dialogue moment, you know, that was, that was cool to see. Um, so eventually our crew solves this droid mystery when they go to, um, some kind of like droid autopsy, like office place, you know, like, sur- and they have like surgery bots. It's like, it's kind of weird. Um, and they find out that the droids are not, uh, rogue, but rather like, you know, I guess factory settings, you know. Um, They're being controlled, I think, a little bit by the nano droids yeah. too. Yeah, there was something, something more techno babble that I just totally blanked when I saw the episode. I was like, yeah, I, I honestly don't care. Like it's, you know. Um, but they're under control by one, the one and only head of security, you know, as expected, Christopher Lloyd's character, and they immediately, Bo and and Din, 
uh, they immediately interrogate Christopher Lloyd's character, the head of security, um, Commander Hellgate, um, and he, he realizes the jig's up and pretty much, you know, holds the entire planet hostage because this button is supposedly going to reset all of the droids to what I'm calling factory settings um, and basically enslave the planet and and make it under droid rule, which is not good. Um, then, oh, I, I, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention this, but um, Hellgate does something really interesting here, and he, 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 call, he doesn't call himself a separatist, but he exclaims that he is... Count Dooku was a visionary. Right, yeah, that he, he Count Dooku was a visionary, and then before he gets cut off, he says, you know, his he was eliminated in his prime by a Jedi um, enforcer, enforcer, and then he gets like stunned, and I was like, man, that was really cool to see that. That's a little name drop, Annie. Anakin, you know, reference there, and I don't yeah. even know if they know it was Anakin, but mm-hmm. like that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say that that whole sequence of him just like snapping and going off the handles is like, I mean, honestly, it was kind of more comedic than threatening for me. <laughs> it kind of looked like he was a grandpa who forgot to take his meds yeah. rather than an evil mastermind. That's all it was. He was the one malfunctioning. Yeah, yeah. It was like, that's it was funny. Like, I mean, seriously, he's rambling about how Dooku is a visionary and about to literally hit a big red death button one minute. Then he insults Jack Black the next, and then seemingly does a 180 and apologizes to Lizzo. <laughs> and Jack Black and Lizzo only seem like mildly disappointed in yeah. this guy, and just like, I expected better from you. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, perhaps I and could then, earn your forgiveness. You know, after he like completely insults Jack yeah, Black, Jack like, Black's well, like, well, first you have to spend time in exile. <sighs> I had a feeling you hated me, <laughs> which was just funny. They do exile him to. I can't remember the. Uh, planet but it's it's a moon of a planet um where they'll have food food water and you know some kind of rations we'll we'll see i guess um we'll probably never see him again you know um, i don't know maybe like the pirates where they're yeah like, oh yeah know. we'll never see them again right. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah didn't their main ship blow up like that last episode like the, well, the, pirates, the big yeah. ship yeah yeah, yeah didn't the pirates didn't they all die i meant like yeah at the be- well at the well, one escaped for ourselves. That's then, true. One did. One did, but, but, yeah, but the, the like, one that I was, was in meaning, charge, that, yeah, that mothership. I, I was referring to in the first episode of season three where it's like, it's like it's okay that we let this one guy, the same guy that escaped, by the way, both times. And it was like, we'll, it was like, we'll let him go. He'll tell everybody that Navarro's respectable now mm-hmm. and then there won't be any problems. And he comes and back. And he comes later. back with the big ship in the, the pirate episode. With all of his friends. With all of his friends, <laughs> yeah. like we said. So we're thinking like, okay, is Christopher Lloyd going to come back? And it's going to be yeah. another one of those. Definitely in another season, if that were to occur. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to see Grandpa again. <laughs> yeah, me too. Honestly, <laughs> he was funny. He kind of killed it too. I can't even <laughs> yeah, lie. <laughs> Grandpa joined. Yeah, it was like it was like he was just like you know sitting there chill like oh uh, I don't know what just and then he just like <laughs> gets up he shoots up <laughs> he's like don't let anybody move I'm gonna hit this big death yeah, button yeah. and then it's gonna activate all the droids and they're gonna attack everybody and rah. <laughs> I, I okay. it was amazing, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said that uh, he's probably the best in this series of cameos, this or trio of cameos. Um, Whoa, just like that. <laughs> I know. And this episode's not over though, which is actually pretty mm-hmm. interesting because I I was expecting like, okay, we're gonna get a small development and then roll credits. Um, we kind of do. Grogu is knighted. That's true. By the way, we, he is knighted. It's very important. I forgot about that. Yeah, Lizzo does knight How dare Grogu. You. I know. Yeah. There was so little Grogu in this episode, but what was here was really good. Um, Grogu being knighted for no reason at all was amazing. Any I cringiness it. of dialogue from her has been forgiven yeah, at that point. Because yeah. it's like, oh, 
my baby. Grogu. Can I, I just wonder... say, like, that whole interaction is, like, where it's just, like, can I hold the baby at the beginning? It's, like, first off, most reasonable said anybody. <laughs> it's, like, this is the most reasonable thing anybody on this planet has said. Lizzo is so lucky because, you know, baby Yoda flies into her arms and she feeds him and it's so cute. And then at the end, she knights him and he helps her win a game with a force. Yeah, some, <laughs> it's some adorable. cheap stuff, yeah. Um, I wonder if that's why he was knighted, just because yeah. of that contribution. He, he just he helped her win over and over again. Right. She was on, like, the best streak she's ever been on. I hope, like, wherever they take Grogu's storyline and, you know, the mm-hmm. years to come, that that will come up again. He'll, he'll be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm the knight of this random planet that <laughs> is definitely terrible. Um, knight of Plazier 15, I yeah. am. Yeah, Plazier <laughs> 15, yeah. It really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this episode, though, continues, because obviously we do have our overarching narrative for what little there is. Um, Bo is trying to get back her uh, exiled Mandalorians, her, her previous following um, is what she chooses first, and that is led by, uh, what's the name of the character? Axe, Axe, Axe Wolves. Yeah. Um, and that's the mercenary group at the very beginning of this episode. Um, and I forgot to mention, but the mercen- these mercenaries are the guardians, the protectors of whatever this planet is. I can't remember. Something 15. Plazier 19, it's I think so it actually memorable. was. I might have said 15 by accident. A real, a real Tatooine, isn't it? Um, <laughs> They are the protectors of this group since they, ha- they have to be hired, you know, because mm-hmm. whatever, they can't have a military, all this stuff. Um, Why didn't they help with the droid problem? Though? Like, it couldn't have sent just, like, good two of them in. Like, maybe, like, not all of them because that would be two militia, army e. Right. But can just, like, have, like, two of them come in? You had to have – I mean, it wasn't that they, like, couldn't bring their weapons because, you know, Din and Bo are Mandalorians, and they were like, well, you know – Having weapons is part of the Mandalorian culture, right? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, it would be really bad of us to not, you know, accommodate your Mandalorian culture. <laughs> so I guess you can have your weapons so you can help us with this problem. <laughs> I was like, you couldn't have done that with them, too? Like, I know. I, I, wh- Whatever. I don't even know if they answered that question <laughs> at all in the episode. I'm sure it's, they did. It's not that big a deal, but I'm just like, they are literally right outside. Yeah, they're right. Th- their purpose is <laughs> They're this. right outside. But Bo and Din and, of course, Grogu tags along. Um, I think he does, right? He does, yeah. I don't know. At the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they all show up to confront uh, this this uh, this clan this you know that abandoned um, Bo and... It's an uneasy encounter at first, of course. They don't they don't like Bo. Um, and that leads into an argument, and they uh, Bo challenges one of these members um, to a duel. And this is the highlight of the episode, in my opinion. And I wouldn't say the best highlight of the season. I probably said that earlier, but I regret that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a really cool fight between the two of them. Um, there was, like, a they're, like, using their jetpacks to, like, charge into each other and do, like, a Superman punch thing. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. cool. And then, like, they use, like, the grapple hook. They, like, grapple onto each other. Lots of cool, like, agile acrobatics, acrobatics that only a Mandalorian could do with all the gear. Um, I genuinely loved this fight scene, actually. Um, it's kind of short for what it is. Axwoves is actually very terrible at fighting. He is. Like, he charges at Bo one time, and it was telegraphed so much. You could see it from Coruscant. It was terrible. You could see it from (laughs) Coruscant. It was really terrible. And then, you know, Bo eventually wins. Spoiler. Right. And, you know, he smack talks her and Din a bit. And then Din, I'm going to step on your toes a little bit here, David. Go for it. Din reveals that Bo actually does own the Darksaber now. 
And which I thought that that would be the case back when it happened in episode two. You this mentioned was, something about that. Yeah, it was, like, recap. it was like in episode two, right? Din gets attacked by this, you know, General Grievous looking robot, half, you know, cyborg kind of cave monster on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Baby Yoda leaves and go get, goes and gets Bo. And then Bo comes and helps. And she rescues him. And in that, you know, he when he got captured, he dropped the Darksaber. And then Bo picked it up and she killed the caveman with it. But then I'm thinking, you know, if it did count, why did it take this long for Din to give it to Bo? Like, he knew she wanted it. He couldn't have just been like, oh, hey, by the way, the Darksaber is yours now because you beat the thing that beat me. And it's like, it felt really anticlimactic in this. I did see that online after watching the episode. I looked online to see what the reactions mm-hmm. were um, in case I missed any like anything, you know, any complaints or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the number one thing that I saw. Darksaber was given away too easily. Yeah. You know, a legendary weapon I to mean, be handed off. Yeah, and then it kind of like they just are like, okay, which, you know, is believable because in Clone Wars, they followed Darth Maul very quickly, usually most of them, when he won the Darksaber from Pre Vizsla. But it doesn't really add much stakes to their quest to unite the Mandalorians if she's just like, oh, I have the Darksaber. And they're like, oh, cool, you have the Darksaber. We'll just go with you then. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's that's all you need, which, again, makes sense lore-wise. But in terms of tension, not really any. And because of this whole thing with the Darksaber, it was, it was pretty anticlimactic. And it seemed like a really lazy way to get her on her way to ruling Mandalore. She didn't win it recently, so it feels really cheap. Mm-hmm. Not like, to mention, it, like, even the cave monster, it wasn't that cool of a monster anyway. And all Mando has to do is say some stuff, hand it over, and she's the true ruler again. <laughs> like, she's been the same this entire time. And they go from smack talking her to, like, oh, actually, she does have the dark saber because she beat this crab monster that beat me. That counts, right? And they're like, well, I guess it does. <laughs> I always thought that the dark saber wouldn't even activate unless you were the ruler. So wouldn't it not worked on Mando this whole I, time? I don't does? know. I don't know I how always that thought works. That's how it worked. I I, I don't know. Because oh, you know, well, maybe it's like a. I, I thought no it was idea. like a lightsaber. I thought it's but just for Mandalorian. Maybe so I'm. I, I think. Oh man, I'm just like stuttering over my words <laughs> trying to figure out because I remember at some point early. It's in Book of Boba Fett where. Um, he's trying to use the dark saber and it's like really heavy or whatever. And yeah. is that? I wonder if that's like the you know if they try to give it to Bo. Um, but I, like I'm I just mean, wondering why. it's been why. heavy for him the whole time though. It has. Yeah. I never noticed. Never like, noticed before the before the encounter in the cave. It's yeah. been heavy. Like he's had a hard time re- wielding it basically this entire time. Maybe that speaks to him not being the true leader of Mandalore this whole time. And that's that's what I heard. But I mean, in terms of the the dark saber lore he is mm-hmm. he won it he did from moff gideon that is confirmed it's not a technicality like Bo here like no he legitimately won it in combat while it was being used he is a mandalorian he took the creed there's no reason that it wouldn't count for him based on those rules and i did hear that it could be like oh well you know he's like Bo is confident and sure of herself and wants to you know rule mandalore and he doesn't and that could be the thing. I still think it would have been better if Din kept the Darksaber, learned to use it, Bo tamed the Mythosaur, and they united the Mandalorians together. Now it feels more and more like this is becoming the Bo-Katan show rather than the Mandalorian. I can agree with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and, and you know, people said that online too, actually. Tons mm-hmm. of complaints about that for the whole season in general. I heard that 
the reason why this episode is structured the way it is is because Pedro Pascal, that plays Din Djarin, Mando, in The Mandalorian, was filming The Last of Us while this was also filming, and he was already committed to that. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard, but I don't know the validity of that kind of statement. I don't know. It just, you know, if this had been the Bo-Katan show and Mando was the side character, I wouldn't care with how little he's doing. But since we've followed him for two seasons, and now this is the same show, still following him, I assume. And the first two episodes, it was very much still following him. But ever since episode two, he really hasn't had anything to do. So at this point, you know, obviously there are two episodes left, so I could totally eat my words big time. But I'm starting to think that Mando should have ended with season two and spawned into a bunch of spinoffs with Grogu and Luke having a show. And then this season could have been Bo's show legitimately with Mando as a side character who, you know, pops in and comes in and does what he's needed. But it is focused more on her. I don't think it would fix all the problems, but it would fix the issue of Mando feeling like a side character now. And he could still be in the show. He could still be present. He could still do things. But then that would take away the pressure and the expectations of him being the main character because you do expect your main character to do things instead of, you know, just helping another character with what they want to do. That is what the side characters do. That is not what the main characters do. Main characters do not help side characters with their own quests, at least not for the entirety of a run. It is mostly on their goal and what they're doing. That's why they're they're the protagonist. So if you want to have Bo be the protagonist, that's fine. But she should be the protagonist, not Mando. There's your Natalie rant of this episode. <laughs> we, At we least it's not it. about the sequels. That's go. true. Yeah. It's on topic this time. I know. I'm doing so good. Um, <laughs> They're going to pull into the bad batch. That's yeah. That's what we're going with. Um, I, I can agree with a lot of that. I think um, we, I mean, we've talked about it so many times already, but the lack of an overarching story has kind of suffered this season as a whole. Um, naturally, you know, and we are, I mean, we mentioned like three or four episodes ago that we're running out of time, we're running out of time, we're running out of time, and we waste more time, you know, I hate to say it because I do like this episode, but we do waste a lot of time um, that could be spent elsewhere in another side plot. I think two things can be true at once, right? Like, these can be legitimately enjoyable episodes, but as a whole, they can be a dramatic drop in quality Mm -hmm. compared to the previous seasons 100 percent, yeah i think i mean in previous seasons had those um single use i guess i'll say now that's my term instead of monster of the week it's single use Mm -hmm. single use storylines um we we had those before and i recognized it and i would Mm -hmm. get bothered by it or whatever because i kind of saw it all coming it's like okay you know we're gonna do something exciting but then like an obstacle comes obstacle comes in the way and now we got to spend an entire episode Mm -hmm. doing this when i really just want to see the next one um but it still served the main plot it always in some did. way. It always did. And these didn't really always. Yeah. Like this one, you could argue it does because they're trying to talk to the Mandalorians. And they have to do this before they're allowed to, I guess. But, I mean, is that even really true? I, I might be giving it too much credit. Maybe they could have legitimately just turned down Jack Black and Lizzo. And if they are not tyrants, then they could have just let them go outside but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they had to. Maybe they secretly are tyrants, and they were not going to let them go if they didn't do this. But, right. I mean, it could be argued, I guess, in this one that their goal was to talk to these Mandalorians. They had to do this in order to reach that goal. So, therefore, the side quest furthered that plot. 
I don't think that I can be that generous with some of the other monsters of the week from the season, though. I do think that, yeah, this is probably one of the better ones. Um, mm-hmm. It is frustrating a little bit, but... I don't think it would be as bad also if it didn't follow the ending of episode five where Moff yeah. Gideon escaped and we had a bad Mando tease, which is like very high tense. And so we're expecting that to be followed up on at some point, And I don't think it was. It makes me wonder, because Moff Gideon hasn't met Mando in this season yet, and who knows if he will, but if it does, which I assume it does, um, we have two episodes left to do that. And all these plots, I mean, there's so many different subplots that we've encountered, and some of them haven't been closed yet. Um, the uh, cloning process with the Emperor, that whole thing, that whole subplot hasn't really come to an end yet. Um, I hope, I really hope it's not going to be resolved in another TV show. That'd be really disappointing. Um, Why not, though? That's what they've all been doing for I'm, the last couple TV shows. I, I think it would work if like the quality of each episode in The Mandalorian Season 3 really was up to the standard of previous mm-hmm. seasons. I would totally be fine with it. Um, but it, in this case, it feels like we're wasting time. Um, and, yeah, so like we have that subplot that hasn't been answered yet. And who knows if it will in this one because, I mean, we only have two episodes left. So we have to get our villain introduced properly. We haven't seen this Moff Gideon's face mm-hmm. in this season at all. We need to see that, his introduction, and then the next episode after, if it is episode uh, seven where we get to see him, the next episode, he has, that has to be resolved in some way. Um, maybe they won't resolve it. Maybe So he... we'll have a potential two episodes out of eight with the main bad yeah. for this. And that scares me. That I don't know about you guys, but... I mean, my expectations for this Better episode... Better be two really awesome episodes. But even if they are, like, they have to retroactively also, I think, make all the rest of the episodes better in some way. Mm-hmm. And like, handsome in any way. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they would do that. I'm not saying they can or can't. But I don't think it's enough for those two to be amazing by themselves. I think they also need to justify all of the time that we spent doing other things and somehow tie that all together so that, you know, in hindsight, we can be like, oh, I didn't see what they were doing, but it makes perfect sense. And now, you know, watching it as a whole on rewatch, like, okay, this doesn't feel as episodic and meandery because this is going to pay off with this. This is going to pay off in this. It makes perfect sense now. Right. And I think I'm waiting for that moment and it it hasn't come yet. And it makes me scared Mm -hmm. that it will never come. Um, I think that's, I mean, we can, we can talk about what we think about the season when the season's over. Maybe that's more fair to the Mandalorian season three. Yeah. But. And I, I, I like to think I'm trying to be fair. I try I, to be like, I've said like several times, like I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I haven't seen the other episodes yet. This is where I'm at right now. I want to be clear. I have not seen the other episodes. I usually what I would do for previous reviews I've done is I have had the benefit of knowing in advance. So if it feels like I'm being unnecessarily harsh, I am not operating with the benefit that I've had in previous reviews that I've done for things where I have seen the completed product before I talked about it. This one, I wanted my reactions to be more organic and more, you know, on an episode by episode basis without tainting that. So this is my reaction without having seen anything else. Right. And I mean, that speaks for all of us, too. Um, I think what's 
makes me feel so justified in my thoughts is that it seems like the entire internet agrees <laughs> that everyone's, you know, oh, like season three, the Mandalorian is sorely lacking any kind of strong narrative structure. You know, like that's mm-hmm. like the top article I see all the time on the Mandalorian. Um, but and those then, are just toxic fanboys. I know. David. Yeah, they're all just <laughs> terrible human beings. It's, they yeah. can't possibly be right about anything. No, their ideas are terrible <laughs> and should be disregarded in the fa- in favor of subversion of expectations. Yeah, what should happen. My favorite phrase. We right. should put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, I'm sure mm. Ryan Johnson has it in his closet or somewhere. Toxic fanboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the back of the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for season three episode six guns for hire is good when you look at it for what it is and how it plays out in um, a vacuum in a vac that's the phrase yeah in a vacuum i think there's tons of cool uh scenes where we get to see some cyberpunk-esque you know underbelly kind of style blade runner uh blade runner style you know just uh, environments and landscapes and that's cool um that chase scene is a highlight of this episode mm-hmm. for me that uh, hand-to-hand fight at the end uh, with Bo is a, is a highlight for me. And I can't say I've seen the same, or I can't say the same about other episodes in this season where there's so many interesting stuff to look at and to experience. Um, you know, and we get to see Jack Black, Lizzo, and, and Christopher Lloyd, which is cool. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm biased because I enjoy those those people and those actors. Um, but I think for me, this episode, if I had to throw an out of 10, which I I hate doing, but to give the audience an idea. Before you do that, I want to touch on one more thing. Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) So Grogu, very cute. I love him as always. However, I am also worried, tying back to what we said, that he is regressing a little bit. (gasps) So, so, you know, Grogu helps Lizzo win her game with the Force, which is cute. But that's all he really does in this episode. Be cute. And I'm all here for it. But Here we go. because of the beginning of this season, I thought that we were starting to see Grogu become a little more active as a character in season three as well. At this point, it seems like he could have definitely stayed with Luke. We'd have had to figure out how Bo knew to rescue Mando from Mandalore. But other than that, I think he could pretty much be cut entirely with no change to the main plot and just have his own spinoff with Jedi training where we get his flashback to Order 66 and all the rest of the stuff for him. But in terms of the greater plot that this season is trying to do, he hasn't really been a part of it. And you can kind of cut him out a little bit. So unless he does something in these later two episodes, like you didn't really need to bring him back from Luke. Well, considering how the market is crazy over Grogu, maybe well, they yeah. would have wanted to see more of him. No, I think we touched we David and I, I think touched on that last time right. maybe. Whereas like so. that's why we think it happened. I just think, you know, there's understanding why writers who are trying to sell a product would do it. And then there is looking at it from a narrative lens which is what i'm doing right now in terms of the story he does not need to be here except for that one thing at the beginning and as much as i love seeing him and i i even told david i wasn't sure like i think that there is some truth to the fact that fans may not have been as interested in this season if it didn't have baby yoda i know i wouldn't have been as enthusiastic to see it if it wasn't for baby yoda so there is truth to that but i'm looking at it from a narrative point of view And we have 
I think Stephen King said something along the lines of kill your darlings. And that essentially means cut out things that don't need to be there. Your story should not have a bunch of stuff, a bunch of characters, a bunch of scenes, whatever, that don't need to be there. It can be painful. You can really love those scenes. You can really love those characters. But if they are not serving the story, they do not need to be there. I 100% agree, honestly. Um, very wise man, Stephen King. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I, do, I do see some kind of, and I don't want to throw this out here because I truly don't know, but mm-hmm. studio inter- interference where, okay, you know, the producers want Grogu back and we have to do it. And More the only merchandising, way, right, people. And the only way we can More do it is through Book of Boba Fett. You know, so it's like, do they... Did they interfere in this ep- this season some way? Um, I, I hope not. I, I hope not too. I don't want to see something. But I think something. so. <laughs> right. I think so. Yeah. All the evidence points to that. Um, what? And I'm just kind of fan casting what I really mm-hmm. want this season to ha- to have been um, an entire emotional roller coaster with Din realizing he misses Grogu, trying to get Grogu back, and then that's like the whole season's mm-hmm. conflict and then like throw Moff Gideon in there too mm-hmm. you know why not um Moff Gideon's trying to get him back too right and mm-hmm. then they have to race to see who gets him first <laughs> and, and then Luke is in it you know and what? he's r- holding them off until you know Mando can get there and then he and Mando team up and protect Baby Yoda and then Baby Yoda protects them you just made that up on the spot and that sounds interesting you know? <laughs> that'll probably be the last episode <laughs> yeah. and then we'll all be satisfied and happy and then Mando will be, o- be over and then we can yeah. move on to the to, you know more yeah. important things I wonder if we're just giving ideas out. I'm spitballing right now. Totally. It's interesting, though. Like, Do we have yet to make predictions about the next two episodes? I don't think we, we have. I, I think it's... Space I mean, family. Space dad with Mando. We've Space been saying mom. that since the start. Space family. Right. Yes. I am going to will it into existence. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to suspect next episode we'll see Moff Gideon actually see like his face. You know, um, We'll get that. We'll get his motivation back, like every everything about that character back mm-hmm. in full force, out for revenge. Um, for maybe he earned the dark saber from Bo. Who knows? Um, I want to see that. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say that we'll get a character death of some kind next episode. Mace Windu. Uh, yeah, Mace, Mace Windu <laughs> comes back and then dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like one second. I, I. Mother. <laughs> I seriously expect it. <laughs> you made me realize that I haven't mentioned Mace Windu at all, and now you, you just like totally sidetracked me. Um, I I do think this uh, season is lacking an emotional core, an emotional punch, mm-hmm. and I want an emotional moment um, within this season of some kind. And I do think it's time, if you know, if there was any greater moment uh, to kill off a character, whoever that is, who knows. If it is Grogu. Oh, they never do it. If it is Grogu, we're j- I can't finish the sentence. Because <laughs> it's too traumatic. But, well, more like it probably would not be allowed to stay in this episode. But, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. What I want to see is, you know, I'm still holding out for main character Mando to do something main character-esque in this. So I'm hoping that Mando is still... You know, kind of like the whole space family thing, but also in addition to that, I would like him to be along with Bo and balancing her. So not just helping support her, but being like her equal where he is bringing the connections 
and the cultural understanding that she maybe doesn't have for all that, you know, she's walked both ways and she's the bridge. But we saw it in this episode where she was like completely had no idea how to talk to these Ugnaughts. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was get going nowhere. But Mando did. And, you know, he was able to bring that connection and that understanding that he had that was unique from his position to her. And they were able to form that team together. So I was thinking, hey, that could be their balance. Bo would be the regal, you know, more traditional leader, while Din would be able to have the greater understanding of cultures to help her recruit people. And then they could be this team together, both equally uniting Mandalore. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but it'd be nice. That's all I'm saying. I think some some kind of synergy within their relationship would be interesting. Um, it would better justify things, I think, as well. Yeah, if we got some kind of uh, expanded interactions between the two of them, that'd be nice. I feel like they kind of just exist with next to each other more than with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, He's helping with what she wants to do now. Right. More and than them being equal participants. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not a... And, I don't I like mean, it. That's the, that brings us all back to the... Not for his series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100% not. But that brings us all back to the whole uh, shared structure, narrative structure problem that we're running into with this season is that it feels like we're just kind of on this random tangent and only one person's really motivated to do it and everyone else is tagging along and there's no mm-hmm. big story. This season would be definitely a lot better if it was Bo Show, I think. I think that would if fix a lot. Yeah, yeah if, I think that would actually fix a lot of the critiques that we have. Oops. Right. The expectations here are kind of all off the charts. Um, for this episode... Subverted. Yeah. Once again. <laughs> you, you better be careful because we'll start talking for 50 minutes. We're going to get canceled. We <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Entertainment rebooted, canceled, 2023. Um, Entertainment rebooted again (laughs) after Natalie's graduated. (laughs) Or we just don't welcome Natalie back on the team. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it still goes to school here, but Natalie's I put the booted and rebooted, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Entertainment Natalie booted. Do we have any final thoughts or do we feel like, is there anything left to say? There's actually something I want to say. Yeah, go for it. Of course, the most interesting part of the episode was the droid chase. But the thing is, like, as an overthinker, one thing that burst my bubble was the fact that Joy was literally from them, but they decided to cut through a bunch of alleys and, and shortcuts. Yeah, you know, that was, I I think Mando tried to cut him off, and then if you look at, like, the angle of it, he definitely wasn't going to catch up, but somehow he did magically. There was a lot of, like, weird inconsistencies. I, they I, were, I think they yeah, were trying I feel, to... I feel like they could, I'm so cool. I understand, like, there's got there's got, so some time needs to be filled, but they, they would uh got droids sooner if they just went the straight line. Well, I think what yeah. they were trying to do is I think that I was right when I mentioned that it was very similar to the chase sequence in Attack of the Clones. Right. And in that, Anakin does take a shortcut, and, you know, he actually gets there a lot sooner than the person that they're chasing. Doesn't he jump off the... Yeah, yeah he jumps off. He does, yeah. And then, so I think that they were trying to go, I was like, oh, well, Anakin did a shortcut. So then when Din was like, oh, I've, I've got a shortcut, then <laughs> I'm going to cut him off. I'm like, I see what you're doing. That, I, I yeah, I can agree with you there. Um, that chasing was a huge highlight for me, probably strictly just for the fi- finale of it alone with that tackle. See, I like Easter eggs. I like fan service. You can say like, oh, well, you know, nostalgia bait. You know, <laughs> you're just like fan service. It's like, since when is servicing the people who are paying for your product a bad thing? Right. Like, I get at some point it can be too much. But, you know, people slap that label on everything, I feel like, where it's just like, sure, some of it is unnecessary and not needed. 
But then, you know, we saw Mario. Alec and I saw Mario the other day. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a bunch of fan service, right? It had everything from the games that the fan would love. And you know what? It is smashing the box office. Yeah, it, pa- it surpassed Frozen, too. Yeah. What? It's like, maybe, yeah, really? maybe, mm-hmm. fan, wow. maybe giving the fans what they want. I know this is shocker. I, I can't believe I'm about to utter these words. <laughs> but maybe that will lead to monetary success. Chef Ryan Johnson as a guest appearance on the show. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. That'd be terrible. That'd be three hours of talking. I, right. We would just be fighting. The whole we've, time. Already been, we've already been talking for a while, so. He, he and I would just be at each other's about. throats, and you know, I I have no interest in fighting Ryan Johnson. Right. You know, I think he's a perfectly fine filmmaker. There are some things that he did that I wasn't fond of, but you know, as a filmmaker, I'm sure he's wonderful with his own stuff. In terms of with sequels like when you're doing a sequel you can't make your own stuff and i think he wanted to make his own stuff and i think that that is why it didn't mesh as well because he wanted to make star wars as he saw it instead of fitting with what star wars actually was we do have a lot of ground to cover when it comes to the sequel trilogy honestly that's that's all i'm gonna say on it yeah we have to be careful um final thoughts though for you natalie do you have anything to say anything to add on episode six not really. I think I had basically said everything. I'm hoping that, you know, the next two are going to make me wrong because, believe it or not, for all that I like to rag on the sequels and however I've been ragging on the season the season of Mandalorian, I do like enjoying movies. So, you know, I would love nothing more than to, you know, watch something and legitimately enjoy it i'm not looking to hate things or to critique them even though i find sassy critique to be very fun for me but that is not what i want to do because if i'm going to devote my time to it i want it to be worth it i want it to be something that inspires me that connects with me that i really enjoy watching so i'm really hoping that it is that meaningful i know like the finale of season two was really meaningful to a lot of people me included i wasn't you know in tears like i saw a lot of people on the internet were but it was just had so much energy and feeling to it. That is what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hate things and complain about it for five hours, as fun as that would be for me, not anybody else. Nobody wants to hear me complain about something for five Make that hours. a solo segment for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to watch that. My parents are going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and just, like, just live my life, Ma. Yeah, no, it's like they'd be like, okay, this is just gratuitous at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I really hope that they're able to salvage the season i think that they're perfectly enjoyable episodes on their own in terms of a larger whole i hate to you know repeat myself but you know that's what conclusions are meant to do you're supposed to restate your points from the entire segment paper whatever you're doing i just really really hope that they're able to seamlessly interweave these that i'm gonna all my worries are going to be wrong or irrelevant and they're going to make a good series because up until we hit the sequels, I will be wanting to watch it. <laughs> I think for me personally, and here's that classic line by me, for me personally. <laughs> for me um, personally. I always say that. It's ridiculous. Um, Got to make sure that everybody knows that this is your opinion. Yeah, that it's me talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I 100% agree, honestly. And we've said this so many times, but the overarching story just not being there is a huge detriment to this season. And for The Mandalorian... TV show, we've gotten so many great overarching storylines, and to not have one really in this season is disappointing. Um, 
we see some good content in this episode some cool star wars moments you know great cameos for some not so great for me pretty great it um, would have been fine <laughs> eventually like if the rest of the episode was tense and the characters were explored and then jack more. black comes out of nowhere <laughs> it, it was just that initial moment like i could right. have lived with it i didn't hate it that's good to know. I, I appreciate the clarification. That makes me feel better. I'm sorry. I thought I was clear before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if we want to give a rating out of 10, we can. I, I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10. In terms of my scale, we're going to call this a B-. minus. Um, that's where I stand. That's where I'll sit it at. What do we think on this episode? If we want to give a rating, we can. I'd say around 6, 6.5. You know, it's enjoyable. But it's not something that I'd be like, oh, I really want to watch that episode again. Oh, right? yeah. Not a rewatcher at all. I'll jump in the middle and give it a seven. There we go. A seven. What I stand think, by Mike? that, too. Seven. It, it, it was a lot better than the fourth episode. That's I can't even sure. remember the fourth one. The yeah. fourth one was the foundling. Do you mean the third one? The one that you yeah. hated? Yeah. Oh, and I like The Pershing one. one. Yeah. I David's like, favorite. I like <laughs> Not my favorite. Don't. Do not mischaracterize me on the internet like that. Um, Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> no, I, I I did like that episode. That's my guilty pleasure. Um, but anyway, I do think that wraps things up for us on The Mandalorian Episode 6, Season 3. Um, I think... Yeah, that we have yeah two more. Yeah, I'm just I'm questioning myself here. Here I go. Um, we do have two more episodes, and we're gonna have two more recaps. I'm sure two more ex- amazing conversations where we'd be talking about the Mandalorian season three. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for that, and also other content on Entertainment Rebooted. Um, we air every Sunday um, at 1 p.m. on WZIP 88.1. I believe that's right after Sports Power Talk. Also a great show, great content. Watch that too. Um, but I believe that wraps things up. So I'm David hosting this episode, this recap, joined by my friends. I have Natalie. Bye, everybody. I have Alec. Ha, ha, ha. And I have Matt. <laughs> Woo! All right. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one.